Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Well, I'm warning you, I'm ready to preach. Is anybody hungry? If you're hungry, shout, bring it on. Listen, I love this house and I love everybody in it. And it's, it's like I said earlier, it's so good to be home. Don and I took some time off for our 25th church anniversary and our 34th wedding anniversary. Come on. So one of the reasons I love Calvary is I always feel love in the room. How many of you are thankful for a house where we love each other, where all kind of people are coming together? And if the world has ever needed a church that understands love, we need it today. And I'm in this series called Rooted, and I just want to talk to you about an essential thing. I want to see our church greatly grounded in love. Some of y'all say, well, Apostle, you preach some stuff, some tough stuff. Don't you remember just a few weeks ago you preached don't kiss the cow? But here's what I know. Righteousness only flows from truth. And when you speak truth in love, you position people to get delivered. Can I get a witness? How many of you want to be at a church that's full of love, full of truth, and full of righteousness? That's our agenda. So I want to talk to you today about getting rooted in the house, but rooted in love. Ephesians 3, 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family of heaven and in earth is named from whom the whole family, somebody say the whole family, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit, you ready? In the inner man, victory is an inside job, come on, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Say it out loud, through and you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, the whole family, what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. Then Song of Solomon. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like a fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters, somebody say many waters. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it out. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. Look at verse 7. Many waters cannot quench love. I want to teach for a few minutes along these lines, unquenchable love. 
Who wants a love that doesn't ebb and flow, but you want love that is unquenchable? That's what we're after. Are you ready to get in this anointing and glory? I'm going to teach you and slip up your hands, precious. Father, today, take us deeper in you. Take us deeper in your love and deeper in love for you and for one another. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a great big ovation. Come on. All right. You can be seated. Unquenchable love. This is the love that I'm after. This is the love that I want to foster as the apostle over all eight of these ministries and campuses. We're after an unquenchable love. A love that lasts, a love that is consistent, a love that does not ebb and flow, but a love that is unquenchable. And as a body of believers, as a church here and online, this is the love that we've got to convey in this crazy, jacked up world. We've got to convey a stubborn, come on y'all, hard-headed, relentless, passionate love for the Lord and for each other. And here's what I got to know. Here's what I've come to understand, even as I've been studying this and looking through this for myself. I need to do better because people get on my nerves. Now, you are more spiritual than me, but pray for your weaker brother because I find myself loving people easily who love what I love. I find myself loving people easily who agree with me. But that's not the test for a believer. The test for a believer is are you going to love people who are diametrically opposed to you? Because the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. That means you have to be willing to love people that you don't even like. Can I find somebody to say amen in here? So, so make no mistake, if we make it as the church in the last days, we're going to be required to make it together. And I want this house to be what it's always been, but even at another level, to be a house of love. We want to be grounded and rooted in love. So the text I read here in Ephesians 3 is powerful and what makes it even more significant is when you understand the background of the text. Paul is actually in prison in Rome. He's in confinement. And this is his concern. Not getting out of prison. Not getting set free his own personal self. He's sitting there writing to the Ephesian church. And he's exhorting the people, pushing them towards love for God and love for each other. And this is amazing to me because here Paul is sitting in jail, sitting in prison, but he never allowed his circumstances, even when hard and negative, to convince him that God didn't love him. Sometimes when we go through trials, Sometimes when we go through tribulation, sometimes when we go through testing, we get convinced that God doesn't love us because we're going through hard times. But you need to understand that very often the hard times are not to destroy you, they are to develop you. Oh, come on somebody. That my hardest times are not for my destruction, but for my development. Pastor Courtney taught a session just recently in our conference that we had the last few days, the worship conference. She said, you've got to understand that God does not tempt you. God tests you. 
The devil tempts you because he, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So the devil uses temptation to pull you from God. But the Lord will test you because he knows testing is preparation and gets you ready for the next level. So Paul is sitting in prison and he said, listen, I know that even if I'm in prison, he still loves me. Even if I get a bad doctor's report, let's bring it into your world, God still loves me. Even when my family's acting crazy, God still loves me. Even if gas prices rise, God still loves me. Even, y'all help me preach. Even if it gets weird, God still loves me. I want anybody here today that still believes, even if you're in difficult season, that, that God still loves you, open up your mouth and give him praise right now. So that's what I want you to know. God still loves you. Now here Paul is, writing this text in prison, and this letter is written by Paul to people who were interested in becoming more like Jesus. And one of the acid tests that will tell us if we become more like Jesus is how we love each other and how we love the lost. Now it's full of doctrine. In Ephesians, what is doctrine? Doctrine is the foundation of what you believe. Ephesians talks about the sovereignty of God. What does sovereignty mean? It means God is God and you ain't. All right? It talks about salvation through faith. It talks about the five-fold ministry. But one of the main doctrines that you find out about in the book of Ephesians is love. And he said, I want to see you rooted and grounded in love, and the more you read Ephesians, and the more you see the story of Ephesians of the Ephesus church unfold, you'll understand why Paul wrote this. For this church to remain impactful and powerful, Paul said, you're going to have to love more. And I wanna tell you for Calvary, for our church to remain impactful and powerful and ever expanding and always increasing, this house is going to have to be grounded and rooted in love. We got to love one another. We got to love one another in the house and we got to love one another on Facebook. It's quiet in here. Did y'all hear the crickets? Now watch this. For this reason, Paul said, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family, how much of the family? How much? The whole family in heaven and in earth has named has been named. Now, how many of you know this? You can't choose your family. How many of you got some family members? And if you could, you might relocate them to another family. Like if you could do a trade deal, come on guys. You might trade that cousin off, where are y'all at? But you can't choose your family. Paul didn't say some of the family. He didn't say part of the family. He said the whole family, he said the entire family, he said the whole family of heaven and earth is named. Somebody say the whole family. Now, now we're all family. We are family. Come on. Sister Sledge is up in the house this morning. I got all my brothers and, and listen, when I went to grad night in 1981, Sister Sledge was on the stage and they were saying, we are family. And they would say like this, I got all my brothers and sisters with me. Like it or not, y'all, 
we are family. And family is defined as a group of people or houses connected to each other because they have the same origin. What does that mean? For Israel, it represented the 12 tribes who were connected through Abraham, their father, and of course, Yahweh is their God. They were family because they had an origin with Abraham, and we are family in this house today because we are connected through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible said, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, not the part of the family we like, not the part of the family that makes us comfortable, not the part of the family that agrees with us. He said the whole family. So that means this, our ultimate identity is not wrapped up in social or denominational or political or social constructs. When heaven looks over at us, heaven does not view us in those terms. Heaven does not see the Baptist or the Kojic or the AME or the Methodist or the Catholic. Let me mess you up. Heaven doesn't see the black church or the white church or the Hispanic church or the Asian church, but when heaven sees us, heaven sees the family of God. Listen, if you are still caught up in those kind of constructs and say, I can't get with you if you're not my color, my culture, my background, you are in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong preacher. Because in this house, we know that the unifying factor of this family is that we are all connected through Jesus Christ. And we have to renounce that spirit of division. The agenda of hell to divide the body of Christ in America. I believe that God is going to raise up churches in the last days who understand that it's not a white thing, it's not a black thing, it's not a Hispanic thing, it's a blood thing. Come on somebody. I want everybody that's glad to be washed in the blood, make a little noise. Come on, you go over to Palm Coast, there's an African-American pastor preaching this morning and his name is Pastor John. You're up in this place here, you've got a cracker. Can I get a witness? I'm not sure what I am. I think I got a little bit of everything. I'm white chocolate, come on somebody. You, you got all kinds because I want you to understand this. It's not the outfit, it's the infit. Well, I can't receive from anybody but a white man. I can't receive from anybody but a Hispanic man. I can't be, I can't be ministered to. I can't get, if he ain't black, he don't understand me. Let me tell you something. If you get sick this afternoon and you call 911, you don't care what color the man is from EMT. You say, if you can help me, help me. If you can strengthen me, strengthen me. If, hey, come on. How many of you can say, put me in that kind of family? I want all the Jesus people. If you love Jesus, I said if you love Jesus, give him some praise right now. <laughs> if any identity that we have is more important than our identity of, in Christ, we have lost our way. In this house, we are grounded and rooted in love. Love for Jesus, love for one another, and love, and that's what makes us family.
Every Sunday we have family reunion. Only thing missing is greens, cornbread, and ribs. Can I get a witness up in here? And Kool-Aid. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Like it or not, y'all, we are family. You know what I think? I think that's beautiful. And that's what I want to be a part of. And that's what God has called me to raise up. Now, verse 16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. I'm just teaching today. To be strengthened with might through the inner man or, or, or through his spirit in the inner man. Everybody say inner man. Amen. See, we put all the, the, all the emphasis on the external. Our society values the outward and the superficial. How you dress, how you look, what you wear, what you drive, where you live. But heaven's priority is not your clothes. Heaven's priority is not your titles. Heaven's priority is the inner man. It doesn't matter if you look good if you act like a jerk. Preach apostle. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian if you are mean. Y'all don't make me come down there and amen myself. Well, I'm Baptist. I'm Baptist. I'm Assembly of God. I'm Church of God. I'm AME. It don't matter if you're mean. If you're mean, you're just a mean Baptist. Y'all. How many of y'all know church folk are some of the meanest people on the planet? I wish I, not here. We don't have, everybody on your row is nice. But I'm telling you to row across from you, that's a whole row of devils. Can I get a witness? It seems like in church we judging everybody. In church we talking about everybody. You see what she was wearing? Do you hear what he preached? Sometimes you need to realize that we are the body of Christ and I can't harm you without harming myself. I got to get the inner man right. God wants to deal with the inner man. What is the inner man? Well, I'm glad you asked. The inner man is this. It's your soul. It's your conscience. It's the way that you think. And what keeps us in the body of Christ from getting together as we should is thinking, thinking. It's because we haven't understood God. I want you to work in my inner man. It's your way of thinking that will limit you. It's your way of thinking that will create lids in your life. It, the, 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 your way of thinking, it's your conscious. Somebody say conscience. Conscious is this. Con is two words. Con, meaning with, and, and science. Con, science. That's two words, conscience. And science means knowledge. It, it governs the way you think. So when he said, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to grow in might through his spirit in the inner man, he said, I want you to change the way you think because you can't change the way you act until you change the way you think. 
So often we look at people and we come to conclusions that have nothing to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ because they're different than us. We don't see them the way that we should see them. So I'm asking the Lord to give me knowledge, to give me, to, to let, me, let me think the way I need to think. The Bible said, the Bible said being grounded and rooted in love. Now watch this. You not only need to be in love, you need to be grounded and rooted in the house of the Lord. Being grounded and rooted in the house of the Lord will challenge your thinking. It will fortify your mind. And it will purify the inner man. Because you're going to come to church and see somebody who got on your nerves this week when you were scrolling through Facebook. Oh, it's quiet in here now. See, a lot of people... That, that you got to understand the issues that they have in the body of Christ are not always with leadership. Now that we have Facebook and Instagram, come on. Now that we got all this, people are just, blah, blah. I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is. I think they're in this section. Come on. <laughs> and then we, 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 we read an update. And then we come in and we don't look at them the same because they have perplexed us. But some kind of a way, we have got to learn to rise above this thing and say, God, I am not going to judge anybody. I'm going to give them to you. Lord, you grow me up. Let me think the way that I need to think. Here's the reality. You got to bear with me to be with me. Oh, all y'all are perfect. You never, you never post anything. You never say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Some of y'all post stuff, say stuff, feel stuff, but I'm so glad that God does not make his love for me conditional, that he has loved me right through it all. How many of you want to figure it out with me? And in the last days, build houses of worship that know how to get it together. If that's you, one, two, three, give God a shout. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, tell them, say, we better together. We better together. There's something about getting rooted in the right house that makes us better together. Now, now look at verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might through the inner man. Somebody say strengthened through the riches of his glory, strengthen. Strengthen in the Greek means to continually grow stronger. When you come to this service, man, this is a workout. We are getting stronger. I declare it in Jesus' name. I declare you're getting stronger. I declare that you're walking out of here with new strength. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, you, when you come to Calvary, I'm not just going to be a Tylenol. I'm not just going to be an Advil that'll get you a little bit, oh, just, just get the pain, just dull it, no baby. I'm going to be vitamin C. Come on now. I'm going to be vitamin J-E-S-U-S. So when you walk out of here, you're getting stronger. Is there anybody that wants to get stronger in the Lord and stronger in his might? We need young people who are perpetually getting stronger. We need leaders who are perpetually getting stronger. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Have you been working out? You're looking stronger. Come on and give God a praise if you're ready to grow stronger and 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 stronger. But here's what he said. Strengthen. That means I'm perpetually getting stronger. I want to see you get stronger. I want you to see you get nicer. Come on, somebody. I want to see you walk in more freedom. Tell everybody in your neighborhood I'm getting stronger. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you got to ascertain what am I getting stronger in. I'm watching the perpetual agenda of the enemy and people are getting stronger in division, stronger in hatefulness, stronger in racism, stronger in compromise. That's happening in our nation and unfortunately it's happening in much of the church. But here's what Paul said to the Ephesian church. He said, you need to get stronger in with might through his spirit. So that doesn't sound too excited until you define might from the Greek. The word might in the Greek is the word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. It literally means miracle working power. Uh, don't miss this. He said, I don't want to just see you get stronger and stronger and stronger in your walk with the Lord, although that's good. He said, there's going to be some results that follow. You're going to have strength and might. That means the more we love each other, the more we let love be the rule in the house. Baby, there's going to be miracle working power that is released in our, in our church. It's going to be released in your family. So how many of you would love more if you knew it would bring more miracles in your life? Somebody say, more love, more power, more miracles, more glory. Say, more love, more power, more miracles, God gets more glory. Say it again, say, more love, more power, more miracles, more glory. Say it again, say, more love, more power, more miracles, and more glory. Say it again, say, more love, more power, more miracles, and more glory. That's what I speak over this house. That's what I speak over your whole row. If you want more power, you gotta have more love. Your ability to walk in the supernatural some kind of a way is connected to your willingness to love. So I declare, that you need to get rooted in a house of miracles. The more we love, the more cancer dries up. The more we love, the more broken families are restored. Y'all don't make me preach. The more we love, the more deliverance gets in the room. The more we love, the more depression has to run. The more we love, the more power we gotta have. How many of you can say, Apostle, that's what I want. I want that kind of love that releases that kind of power. If that's you, one, two, three, give God a praise in here right now. Hallelujah. Now, look at verse 17. That Christ, who? Who is it? Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded. 
in love. Church, it is necessary that you are rooted and grounded in love. Here's what grounded means in the Greek. It means to lay the right foundation, something you can build upon. See, I'm determined that we're going to build this house and every campus in love. Not just good music. Not just flashy preaching. Not just nice facilities. Not just a cool coffee shop. Y'all help me. We are going to make sure that this thing is grounded and rooted in love. You know how you get youth ministries to succeed, kids ministries to succeed? You know how you get your life to succeed? Make sure it's grounded and rooted in love. Now, here's what I love. I love the word rooted because the word rooted means this. It means to strike roots, to be firm, to be fixed, to be established, and then to be prepared to bear fruit. Come on. Anybody want to bear fruit? Yeah. I know some of y'all are fruits, but I, <laughs> not you. How many of you want to bear fruit in your life? Yeah. Okay, I got 12 people. I said, how many of you want to bear fruit in your life? Yeah. When you are grounded and rooted in love, preachers that are watching me after the fact, your ministry has to be grounded and rooted in love. You have to preach in love. Even when you preach hard subjects, the people in the room have to know that you love them. Listen, your correction is not protection if you don't speak in love. Come on now. But when you rise up in love, everything shifts. See, I love you in this room. I tell you what, I love you and I'll preach to you and I'll give you altar calls and I'll call you out in love because sometimes you can't can't call people up till you call them out. Can I get a witness? But in the name of Jesus, when your life is grounded and rooted in love, that's when you are prepared to bear fruit. So I'm looking for some people right now who want to bear a little fruit. If that's you, give God a praise right now. That's why you need to be in the house. See, it takes discipline. Y'all look at me. It takes discipline to preach messages like this because it's easy to preach a message on this week you're going to break through. You're going, yeah, yeah, people are going to give you a check this week. Just get ready, God. Even your haters are going to have to love you. God's going to make you a hater, your elevator. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's easy to preach stuff like that, but sometimes you got to come in the room and say, let me tell you what the real deal is. you got to be grounded and rooted in love. And if you'll be grounded and rooted in love, you'll be prepared to bear fruit. you got to do something. And that's why it's important to get in the right house. See, the Bible said those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Flourish in the courts of God. You need to get your family rooted in this house. You need to get your children, your teenagers rooted in this house. People go to church once every six or eight weeks and send their kids to school. 
every day where there's rebellion and there's iniquity and there's the homosexual agenda. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And there's every agenda of hell in that school. And then we wonder why our kids don't follow God because we're putting them in God's house about once a week. You can't ground and root your family that way. And if you're struggling with any sexual sin or you're struggling with any addiction, you know that I love you passionately. But this is not a place where we are decoys. This is not a place where we're pretending that God can't set you free. When you walk in this house, addiction can come off of you. When you walk in this house, compromise can come off of you. Because does a preacher love you if he will not preach the word to you? Still love me? Hope so. Because I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm doing surgery now. It's important to get your children rooted. Consistency is the key. Faithfulness is the key. Well, my nine-year-old said they don't want to go to church. My 10-year-old said he don't want to go to church. You negotiating? Well, your nine-year-old, you need to walk in there and say, get your blessed assurance out of this bed right now. I ain't negotiating with you. I'm going to go ahead and preach. We're negotiating with third graders. Where are the moms and dads that will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord grounded and rooted in love. Your life will never grow to its potential unless you are grounded and rooted in the house of the Lord. That's when your life will flourish. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, you gotta be rooted. Okay, Ephesians 3, 18. What happens? When you get grounded and rooted in love, grounded and rooted in the house of the Lord, here it is. You are, your comprehension changes that you may be able to comprehend with how many of the saints? With the white saints, with the black saints, with the Hispanic saints, with the Baptist saints, with the Asian saints. Know that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God? There is something about me getting with you and you getting with me and we get in the house of the Lord and we realize he loves her, he loves him, he loves them, and he loves me and your comprehension is enlarged. Come on, somebody. The Bible said that you may know a love that surpasses knowledge. King James Version says that you may know a love that surpasses understanding. Mm. He said, I want you to come together. And I want your connection to encourage somebody. Because when you get together, you'll see somebody that used to be on drugs or somebody that used to be bound up, 
or somebody that used to be sick or someone that used to be covered up in depression, but now they have been gloriously set free by the power of God. So here you are. If you are battling depression and you see somebody set free from depression, you begin to grow in the Lord. If you're battling addiction, but you look in this one. If you've been set free from any addiction, get on your feet right now. If you've been delivered from any addiction, I dare you right now to give God a praise for scores of people. Oh, come on, Calvary. Are you hearing me? Seeing your freedom makes me love God more. Seeing your freedom makes me understand God's love more. Seeing your deliverance. Creates hope in my life. Come on, church. The Bible says we might know the love that surpasses what? Knowledge, understanding. You say, what does that mean, apostle? Well, I'm glad you asked me that this morning. Because we read stuff sometimes and don't even understand what we're reading. Paul said, I want you to be able to understand the love of God that surpasses your human understanding and knowledge. And the key word in the text, that you may know. Somebody say no. The word know in the text is ginsako. It, it means to know by experience. And what did he say? He said to know a love of God and a God that loves us so much that we experience the depth of his love and the length of his love and the heights of his love. If you're able only to comprehend, if you could get your mind around precious, the depths and the heights of God's love for you, if you could wrap your head around the length of God's love for you, it would change your life forever. The length that God would go, the length that he would go to rescue you, the length that he would go to pull you out of the depths of hell, he was willing to come down to redeem you. Honey, if you understood the depths that God came will come to for you, he'll come right where you are. He'll come right down into your struggle. You'll never be the same. Paul said, I want you, I I just don't want you to have knowledge of it. I don't want you just to hear about it. I don't just want you to have awareness of it. I want you to know it. I want you to know a provider. I want you to know a way maker. I want you to know somebody that loves you. If you want to know that love, open up your mouth and give God praise. Watch this now that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Ask everybody in your neighborhood, what are you full of? Maybe you better not answer that. (laughs) Fullness here is related to a ship that is full and ready for the journey. I got everything I need to make it. Come on, somebody. I'm equipped. Say Say it by faith to somebody in your neighborhood. Say, I'm equipped. Yeah, yeah, whatever I need, God's going to provide it. Whatever I need, God's going to provide it. What is, I, I prophesy over somebody in the house. As you are grounded and rooted in love, raise up your hands. Whatever you need for this journey, God's going to provide it. If you receive it, give God a shout of praise right now. 
Now, are you ready for this? Not, not just enough, but I declare God's going to give you more than enough. Some of y'all say, well, apostle, how can we ever hope to be filled with the fullness of God? Oh, that's, that's impossible, Jim Rayleigh. Well, for everyone else, it would be impossible. For everybody else, it would be impossible. But for God, impossible ain't possible. <laughs> I know I went country on y'all. I'm country. I never know when it's going to show up. It, it, it ain't possible. Impossible ain't possible. No, not never. Can I get a witness up in here? You say, well, well it, it's impossible for everyone else, but not with God. How do you know, apostle? Now to him. Now to him. Now to him who is able. Able to help me love crazy people. Able to help me love people that are different from me. Now to him that is able to ground me and root me in love. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. If that's what you want, let me hear you praise God right now. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, hey, neighbor, under him who is able. Shake him up real good and say, hey, neighbor, if he's able, then you're able. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's able, then you're able. If he can do it, you can do it. If he's able, you're, I need some people right now that believe he is able. Yes, God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. Prophesy and say he's able. If you're sick in your body, he's able. If you're broken in your spirit, he's able. If your children are lost, he's able. If your money's dried up, he's able. I'm telling you, he is still able. I want everybody who believes that to give him a praise in the room. Under him. Somebody say him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all we can ask or think. I feel like preaching. I feel like telling the devil and every demon and every agenda of hell, my God is able to save my children. My God is able to heal my body. Well, Apostle, how do I unlock all this? Here's where it gets real. Love. That whole passage. Love. Well, you know, Pastor, Apostle, I would love him. I ain't going to love him. 
I love that candidate, but I'm not going to love that one. Oh, it's quiet in here. Oh, it, oh, I just struck a nerve right there. God is concerned about the souls of people, Democrat, Republican, and Independent. Can I get a witness? Well, I love that. I, I love you, Pastor, but I can't love another pastor in the city. Why not? This whole agenda of heaven is fixed on love. If you only love people who look like you, act like you, think like you, and are like you, ain't no love in that. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, I require a lot of love. I'm needy. Don't, I'm needy. I'm needy, don't. I text my children when I'm going, just tell them I love them. You know why I text them? Because I want to text me back and say, I love you too. I require a lot of love. In fact, the, and I'm trying to close if y'all help me. Because I'm telling you, we could have one of them run around the building. See, you can teach the word and it just hit just right and people get delivered. So, if you study your Bible, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is first and foremost love. Before it's anything else, it's love. Now, let me circle back. Song of Solomon 8, 6, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. A seal guarantees security and indicates authenticity and ownership. So the thought here is I want to be close to your heart. I want to be so close to you, Lord, that it's like there's a seal. We are, you and I are sealed. Keep me by your side. Keep me close to your heart. Because, Lord, if I'm there, I know I'll see people the way you want me to see them. And I'll help my church, even in divisive times, come together. Then the Bible said, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy as enduring as the grave. The only thing greater and hate is love. Only thing. Love can win. Love flashes like a fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it out. This kind of love is what's going to be required of you in the last days. It's going to be required of this house. If, if, if we are going to have this multicultural multi-generational supernatural expression that is an example to the nations come on now 28,000 people had their eyes on us on YouTube every single week 28,000 because Calvary is the exception not the norm the diversity and love in this house we have to love each other with that kind of love, but look at me, precious. We got to love a lost world with that kind of love. Everybody stand up, please. Don't run out because if you start to run out right now, I actually have somebody in the catwalk with water balloons. And, and I, I get up early in the morning, most mornings. I, I just, 
As I've gotten older, I can't sleep late. I just, I just wake up so early because things just, who, who wakes up and it's just, you, uh, you want to go back to sleep and it's just like, there it is. And then, then I wake up and my, my body says, you need some coffee. And I say, yes, I do. <laughs> I was reading this text. In Song of Solomon, many waters cannot quench his love. Early in the morning, the sun had not even come up. And I realized, Pastor Christian, I got a long way to go. And I repent before the Lord. If I hadn't been loving people right, if I've let people, circumstances, agendas, affect my love, I got to do better. Tell your neighbor, apostles got to do better. Yeah, I do. I do. I got to do better. But guess what? So do you. Many waters, waters represent hard times, trials, storms, cannot quench this love. The word quench is actually, it has two meanings. Number one, it means to be put out. It means that we have so many things that are happening, so many things that divide us, that we let the enemy put out our love for each other, put out our love for the lost. And it's one thing for it to be put out, but then if you study the origin of the word quench in Hebrew, it means, it means to go out because of neglect. It means you neglected it. You forgot how much love the Lord had given you. And that love, that flame went out. Not because somebody put it out, but because you neglected it. So think about this. Paul is in prison. And he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. He writes this letter to the church of Ephesus at about A.D. 60. And the bishop of the church, when he writes this letter to them, is none other than John the Beloved. And so he said, you got to be grounded and rooted in love. And then this same John, who was bishop of Ephesus, is on the Isle of Patmos 35 years later. And the Lord begins to describe the conditions of the church. And he starts talking to the guy who had been instrumental in what had gone on in Ephesus. And he said in Revelations 2, 2, and 3, I know the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. Ephesus, this is to Ephesus. To the church of Ephesus, write these things. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You, you have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles and are not. You have discovered them to be liars. You have patiently suffered with me. And, and honey, that describes our church so much. Our church does a lot for people. We help people. We minister to people. You guys love good, sound doctrine. How many of y'all love preaching that preaches truth? 
But here's what he said. I have a complaint against you because you don't love me or each other like you did at first. Look at how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place and from its churches. He said, Paul warned you 35 years ago and I'm telling you now in 35 years later in AD 95 you need to love one another John actually wrote John the Revelator who was John their bishop he actually wrote in 1 John 4 7 beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that is born of God loves God and knows God he that loves not knows not God they say that John finished his earthly life. He was the only disciple that died a natural death and he finished his earthly life in Ephesus and they would bring him in. His body broken and burned. He had been burned in, 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 in cans of oil and, and he had been dragged through the streets of Alexandria by horses. His body was broken. He was beaten and blind and they would bring him in they say and they would bring him in on a stretcher and they would wait for him to talk and they would think that he was going to say something profound. Talk about his time on Patmos. He would talk about seeing Jesus walk on water or the time when Lazarus was called out of the ground. But as I studied this, biblical theologians and, and, and extra biblical uh, legends grew from this. And they say that when they brought John in to that Ephesus church, that he would prop himself up and he would look at the people and he didn't even have strength to really preach. But he would say this. He would say, little children, little children love one another. Little children love one another. He wasn't trying to be deep in that moment. He knew that if he could give them the love right, that everything would change. So I stand before you in my 26th year of being your pastor. In my 59th year of life, I stand up here today and I can tell you we've seen the miracles and we've seen the wonders and we are involved. But in the name of Jesus, little children love one another. Little children love one another. If you want to be a part of the answer, open up your mouth and give God a mighty praise. Come on, John. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Somebody raise your hands and say yes. Jesus loves me. The Just in case you've let the enemy cause you doubt, slip up your hands and say it right now. Yeah.
for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.